Hello, Larry Crater here from the Larry Crater Leadership Podcast, welcoming you to the second season today of my leadership podcast. We've been so encouraged and blessed. People have been listening to this podcast now from more than 100 nations of the world. So be sure to tune in every Wednesday as I interview leaders from different parts of the world as we learn those small things we can change to make a major difference in our lives and our leadership that will bless many around us. So let's continue to learn together. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast. Larry Crider here. Today is a very special day. I have in the studio my friends for many, many years, Glenn and Shirley Eshelman, founders of Sight and Sound Ministries. Welcome. Thank you, Larry. I'm looking forward to this. Wow. So are we. And what a joy to be with you again. <laughs> Thank you. I remember Glenn and Shirley meeting you years ago, many years ago, when I was in a band called the Harmony Three. And we needed someone to, who was a good photographer to take a picture of us, these three young guys. And we heard about Glenn and Shirley Eshelman, and we came to your studio. And you did a great job, and the rest is history. It is. And a lot of memories. A lot that. of fantastic memories. You guys have been amazing friends. We want to dig into the Sight and Sound story. And Shirley, thank you for joining us and being part of this today. Oh, really. thank you. But you guys have been such a team. That's and right. That's why I really wanted you both on here today, oh, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you. you being here. Good to be yeah. here, Larry. Well, let's talk about Glenn Shalishman. I mean, Sight and Sound Auditorium, known all over the world. I mean, in different nations I go to, people know of Sight and Sound Auditorium. You know, the millions of people that you've touched is amazing, the, the gospel and, and all the productions. But let's talk about before Sight and Sound. Mm-hmm. This is a leadership podcast, and we're blessed that people all over the world listen to this podcast and say, I want to learn about leadership. So let's talk about way back when you were both young. And we'll start with you, Glenn. You know, anything you want to share about growing up and how you came to Christ? It just gives a little bit of your personal... This this is the story behind the story. Be happy to do that. Please do. And oh, um, there is a day of beginnings with me. And it was in the home. Okay. That's where I first saw leadership. Okay. I saw leadership with my father. Okay. And my father was a strong leader. Mm-hmm. And we knew who the leader was in the home. Okay. But he also had a leader, and his leader was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I saw the leadership in management on yeah. the farm. Okay. His provision for the family, his protection to the mm-hmm. family. I saw his leadership spiritually okay. in the home and in the church. So you were blessed with a father who is a great leader, and that set a standard for you. He was your Sunday school teacher, if I recall. He was. He was an amazing man. He was a deacon in the church. He was a leader in the church. And it was from that home life where I first saw leadership in practice and saw it working. And it had a bearing on all of my life. Yeah. I remember as a Sunday school teacher, I'm glad you brought that up. I remember I had... I come to Christ when I was 18 in a real way, where Jesus became the Lord, King of my life. 
And so I started to go to Sunday school at the local church I grew up in, and he happened to be the teacher. And a trait in leadership I remember from him was he would give opportunity for others just to try to fly, just to spread the wings and fly. And so one day he asked if I'd be willing to, to pray. And uh, Glenn, I never did that before. And surely I never prayed in front of people. I was probably 18, maybe 19 years of age. I remember I was shaking physically. <laughs> I had this really short prayer. I kind of read some of it, but it gave me a chance, an opportunity to begin. And that's leadership. And your dad really did that really well. I've said this many times, Larry, he was the best storyteller I have ever known. Interesting. When I was 16 years of age yet, I would get in bed with him at night yeah. and say, Daddy, would you tell me another story? Wow. And he could make them so real that I was there. Mm. And I believe part of that was imparted to me as a young boy. That's amazing. That helped me be the storyteller that we are at Sight and Sound today. That is amazing. I never heard of that before. Yes. I also was a sixth generation of preachers, evangelists in the Church of the Brethren. Is that right? So some of that leadership sure. that I saw in my ancestors modeled and gave me a role model to follow. One, one of my... One of the men that I looked up to very highly in my life was my Uncle Abe, who was a preacher. Interesting. And my cousin, Jim Eshelman, who was a preacher, both farmers, but incredible preachers. And they always had a great moment of inspiration in my life mm -hmm. that I wanted to follow and be like them. So out of that, with that kind of a background, is what led me to come to the Lord okay. when I was 10 years old okay. in the Florham Church of the Brethren. Beautiful. Because I saw their lifestyle and I knew I was a sinner. I needed a savior right. because of what they practiced and gave leadership to yeah. in the church, in the home. And it was through that that I was convicted by the Holy Spirit to give my life to Jesus at the age of 10. Just seeing the, the models before you, but you know, you and father, uncles, others in the family. Surely, anything you'd like to say about these early days for you? How did you give your life to Christ? What did that look like? First of all, I am so, so grateful for the parents that I had as well. Yeah. They both loved the Lord, set yeah. a wonderful example. It's a blessing. And, um, and he, you know, the church, had a great influence. Mm -hmm. I often tell Glenn, I, I can't say that I rejected the Lord and one day I accepted him because always growing up, right. he was such a special part of my life. Sure. And I knew one day I wanted to make that a public thing, right, right. which of course I eventually did and mm -hmm. was baptized. Sure. So, uh, but to say this happened when I was eight or this happened when I was 10. I actually was baptized, I think I was 14. But I felt even as a little child, the Lord was just such a special part of my life. I loved him, I tried my best to serve him sure. and, and uh, looked to him for all the blessings in our life. And 
you know, do we make mistakes? Yes, but that's why the Lord came. That's if right. To, mm-hmm. to exactly. forgive us and, exactly. and go on. So As we walk very, in relationship with Him. Yeah, I'm so, very, so very thankful for yeah. my upbringing. Yeah. See, everyone's story is so different. And even our conversion stories are so different. And, you know, for me, I was 11 and I gave my life to Christ as much as I knew, as I understood. Mm-hmm. I Many friends, some of they just knew they loved God. Somehow it happened, and one day they made it public. And, you know, that was, of course, surely that was your story. And so we all have different stories of how, how we came to Christ. But back to, to leadership. Again, we're, we're getting the stories behind the stories here. Yes. Before sight and sound. What Were there any other things that happened, uh, Glenn, in your life, can, you know, as the uh, inspirational artist that you've been over the years? I mean, you're a painter. You, you took our wedding pictures, you know. I remember right. that. We were so yeah. grateful you were willing to do that. And you were a photographer. And I remember long before I think you even called a sight and sound, you were just kind of having shows of your paintings, et cetera, et cetera. Talk about those days. I will. I would like to just rewind the tape a little bit. Go for it. Um, I attended a one-room school. Okay. For eight years. Okay. I attended high school for four years, where I took the ag course. Okay. And I was very involved with ag, but also became the president of the FFA Witness Oak chapter for three years. And that was part of your leadership training? Part of the leadership training. I was the county FFA reporter for two years. Interesting. So at that time, little did I know that leading meetings, learning parliamentary procedure, sure. how to set up meetings, would someday lead to giving leadership and giving meetings direction yes. to a ministry called Sight and Sound of 750-some employees. That's amazing. I was also involved very much with 4-H, FFA projects, which taught me management mm-hmm. and leadership mm-hmm. there. Good. Now back to your question. At, a, at the age of five, living on the farm, I discovered that God had given me the gift of art. Okay. So being out in the fields, in the barn with the animals, I would come into the kitchen at night, take my pencil and paper, and I would draw what I saw through the day. That's amazing. I had eight crayons, and I would color my sketches. I was begging my parents for the box of 48, and being a, a very conservative home, I waited a long time to get those 48 crayons, but it was an awesome day when I got them. <laughs> my parents saw this gift in me. Okay. And I want to speak to this for just a minute. Mm. Fathers, as leaders Mm. in your home, pastors, ministers of a church, my father and mother saw the gift of art in me. And even though they were very conservative and our church was not uh, into the arts, my parents encouraged this gift in me to the point where I was eight years old and they bought me five tubes of oil paint. Amazing. And three paintbrushes, of which I never asked them for. And when they gave them to me, I had no clue how to use them. So by the grace and goodness of God, I had a Sunday school teacher by the name of Lynn Longenecker, 
who was an artist. He also saw this gift in me and encouraged it and also helped me and mentored me in learning how to use oil paints. And out of that grew an artist. Interesting. Which I went as a full-time artist after we got married in painting nothing but Lancaster County Farms. And that was the beginnings of Sight and Sound, in which I went from believing I was one day going to be a dairy farmer to an artist now. So that was a full-time full -time job. You were painting farms in Lancaster County. That's right. I knew you painted farms in Lancaster County, but I don't know that I knew that was your full-time job. That's all I did. I used to go to the Mannheim Farm Show for one week and paint in a booth at the farm show. Right. In that one week, I would get enough of orders from farmers to last me a whole year. Wow. So out of that came photography. The painting came first. Mm. And all of a sudden, I discovered that I was as much interested in photography as I was in painting. And why I bought that first camera was when I would go out and sketch a farm, I would come back to paint it and realize I forgot how many windows were in that chicken house or what colors were. <laughs> so I started to use my camera to reference that farm and bring it back home on a slide and be able to look at that to do my painting. This is so intriguing. So you had no idea back then that you'd be doing what you've been doing for the last 40 years or 50 Not years. At all. No idea. It was just step by step, the Lord led you step by step. Amen. Step by step. When I came out of high school, my senior year, my brother and I had full intentions to be dairy farmers. And we, we, we had the vision to go large with it. We renovated my grandfather's steer farm mm -hmm. And I bought 18 registered Holstein cows. And we started in the dairy business until God changed that all around through the loss of my mother when she died at 45. Wow. And my father sold the farm and moved to the place where my brother and I had our dairy. Mm -hmm. And we had to make the decision, do we buy a farm somewhere else? Do we sell the herd? do we go out and get a job? And we decided to sell the herd. But Larry, it was God's way of getting me from producing milk in a dairy barn yeah. to producing shows in a sight and sound theater. Wow. It came through hard times. Yeah. But his, his grace was there through the time, but also his calling was being fulfilled in this life back then. And had it not been, wow. possibly that mother passed away at that time, I don't know if there'd be a sight and sound today. So we have many listening to this podcast right now, call to leadership, vision for the future, and they feel stuck, they feel like, you know, they hit a wall, they feel like it's really difficult. What do you say to them, Glenn? What do you say to someone who's facing that right now? Never blame God. That's good. Forget those things which are behind and press on. Very good. Very good. 
toward the mark, the high yeah. calling of God in your life. Right. It hasn't changed. No. Right. I never became bitter with God. Beautiful. Or accused God for any wrongs in my life. Mm-hmm. I believed that they were always for a purpose. Mm-hmm. For what Satan meant for evil, mm-hmm. God always turned into good. Mm-hmm. And he does know the plans he has for us. That's right. Plans to prosper and yeah. bless us, yeah. not to destroy us. Yeah. So I would say to those who go through difficult times, trust in God. Mm. Know that he has a way for you. Exactly. He is with you. Yeah, he is. Never leaving you nor forsaking you. Yes. But he will direct you and guide you. So good. Into the ways that he has for you. And the calling he has on your life mm. and the purpose he has created you for and placed you here mm. on this earth. Mm. Now, I want to talk to both of you together because uh, you guys have been a tremendous team. And uh, we want to get, we're going to talk more in a few minutes about, you know, the, how Sight and Sound started and how'd you go from painting pictures of farms, you know, to what Sight and Sound is today. We're going to talk about that. But Glenn or Shirley, uh, You've been such a team over the years. A lot of people don't know that because Glenn's been the out front person. He's been the visionary. He's been the one with the visions and dreams and ideas. And that's who he is. You hang around you for two minutes and you can tell to Glenn. Now, surely, but you've had a phenomenal role in this leadership team. What was your role, even in these early days, as you saw God doing these things with Glenn? What was your role in all this? Okay, well, I guess... I don't guess, I'm sure the Lord provided an opportunity as, to me even as a child growing up because he had a commercial refrigeration job. Uh-huh. So my mother and I did the book work. And so I grew up learning business administration. Sure, sure. And so uh, I know in the Bible it says when God created Eve, he knew that he needed a partner. Right. And so... My role over the many years was in the business field. And it was. I know watching him paint for a number of years, I thought, this this looks really easy. I'm sure I can do this too. <laughs> so um, I drew a lighthouse, and that looked fairly decent. And I started to paint it, but I soon turned it into a Christmas tree. <laughs> and that was my first and last painting. I think I'll stick stick to business and accounting yeah. and all that. So it worked out so well because we get questions sometimes. How did that work? You worked in the same company for so many years and it worked well. And I think that was one of the reasons Glenn knew what his gift was right. and ran with it. And yes. I knew what I enjoyed yes. doing. And so we didn't really get on each other's turf. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he'd sit, oh, surely do, you know, you should do accounting this way. Or I'd say, you know, Glenn would ask me, what do you think of a painting? And of course, I'd say, you know, things I liked or maybe didn't like as much. But it was his decision right. what to do with sure. it and how to do it and which direction to go. So Beautiful. we're very thankful that God put us together and... We, such a key, such a key we, to leadership, and you've yeah. done it so well over the years. Knowing your own calling, your own gifts, how God wired you, each both very differently, mm-hmm. but both recognize, and I've heard you say it as friends many, many times, Glenn, I heard you say it, Shirley, you said it, how that you both knew what you're called to do, but you weren't called to do what the other person's doing, but together it worked because you were a team. That's right. 
Uh, we often laugh about it, but it's true. Saying I was the throttle, yeah, she was the brake. <laughs> so That's very true. We were opposite in a lot of ways, but we also had a lot in common. But I've always said, <laughs> kiddingly to her, without my throttle, you'd have got nowhere. Right. But she says, without my brake, you'd have went over the cliff and crashed, which is true. And they're both true, right? And you yeah. need a throttle and a brake to you make do. a successful journey. You do. So God puts that kind of teams together at times. I think the key is what she said. Learn to respect yeah. each other's giftings. Mm-hmm. You can give input to it. Right. But learn when it's time to back off yeah. and let them run with what they're best at. That gifting that God has given them. And it does work. It worked for us. To give a good example of that, I'll never forget when Glenn first went to Branson. And he was there a number of times until he finally found um, the land that he said will be perfect. So then he came home and I went with him to Branson. And I'll never forget standing on that hill looking out over. He was over the top excited. And here is this cautious bookkeeper, <laughs> bookkeeper thinking, what is this going to cost? And of knowing all the intricacies of right. what it takes to create a building and, right. and make a show. So he's standing there all excited, and I'm, <laughs> I, I never said don't do it, but I, I, you know, again, it shows the difference in our personality. Exactly. I'm facing maybe more reality knowing right. having to borrow 60 some million dollars right. and and uh, in an 85 million dollar project and so that made sure. me much more cautious but glenn sees the end result i saw the building on the hill yes. exactly. <laughs> but you respected one another and your own callings and gifts and Amen. and i'm so glad Shirley you told the story of trying to paint i never heard that story because that's what we often do. We think if I could just do, if, if I can do it the other person, they're anointed. I want to be anointed like them and do what they do. God anoints all of us for, with different gifts and different callings. Right. And when we learn to, to, to resource our weaknesses with others who have a strength we don't have, that's when it works. That's when the dream, the dream happens. Amen. And you guys have really done that well. Now, talk, let's talk about how Sight and Sound actually started. You got into it a little bit, but talk a little more. I used to do shows. I know different kinds of shows. Talk about that whole and what you learned through that series. That, it actually began right. back in 1965, Larry. Okay. Uh, when I did become interested in photography, and I was doing a lot of local scenic photos because right. it, it, it was art to me. Sure. And uh, it just came naturally, as did painting. Right. So I had a strong file of local uh, slides. And a lady from our church in 1965 called and asked if we would show some of our slides at Hostetter's Banquet Hall. I remember that. For a family night. Wow. And we turned her down. Reason being was, I remember when the missionaries used to come to our church, with their slideshows and they would run into the wee hours of the morning. I was bored to death laying on the bench trying to sleep. Right. And I said, no way do I want to do that to people. So she kept asking us. Eventually we gave in to it and we decided, Shirley and I, to put a show together, to put music, right. some scripture, some poetry to these slides. Right. And we put a 35 minute show together and the night of the showing had one projector she was holding the flashlight 
reading some of the script. I was clicking the projector, doing some of the reading, and it. she was dropping the needle on the turntable oh for the music. It, it was ever so crude. And little did we ever know, that was the premiere showing yes. for Sight and Sound Theaters at one time. That's amazing. Amazing. It was incredible. It had no name, no title, and that was the extent of it to us. One night show. Right. People enjoyed it so much, they started asking us to do it for them. So we made it portable. We recorded our voices, recorded the music, and took it out to churches, schools, a lot of ag conventions and things. Sure. And then I must tell this story. Um, I carried a spare projector with me in case my one would go out. But I used to play with those two projectors and I would put my fingers in front of the lenses and, and do this. And I would get a dissolve on the screen. And I thought this was the coolest thing. So one Sunday we were at her parents' place for dinner and I was showing her father Rufus this procedure that right. I could do. And he was, he was an engineer kind of a guy. I said, how could you make me a thing like that right. that would work mechanically? And then we were talking and then he said, well, maybe we could hook my rheostat if I rewire it to the bulbs. So he went out in his shop, brought this rheostat in, and we rewired it, hooked it to the bulbs. So he, when he would turn the rheostat one way, it would dim, it would dissolve to the other projector. Sure. Then the projectors would heat up. So we had to wire it just to the bulb and not to the fan. When we put two projectors on the road, dissolving in the Mennonite churches, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and I mean, it just took off. Then we added two more projectors. We had four projectors. And soon we had four slide program tables on the road with operators traveling this country, Maine to Florida. Amazing. The East Coast to Colorado, New Mexico. And that grew to the point uh, where we went to the Lancaster Bible College and rented that auditorium in 1974 for 10 weeks over the summer. And we produced a show entitled The Wonder of It All. I remember that show. I do. And we did it on an 80-foot screen with 15 high-intensity projectors. And to my knowledge, nobody had ever done something on that scale right. with slides and also dissolving. So out of that, we discovered that people would come to us mm. and we would not have to go to them. Right. And it also provided enough of seed money for us to buy three and a half acres of land down in the Strasburg area where we built our first auditorium called the Living Waters Auditorium. Yes. We moved into that auditorium in 1976 produced a show entitled A Land of Our Own, The Wonder of It All, mm -hmm. and it started out slow. Had it not been that we had slideshows on the road, still doing a lot of photography, weddings and paintings, it probably wouldn't have made it, but mm. that carried it. Then we started adding live stage to that. 
putting snowmen, dancing Christmas trees, along with the 80-foot multimedia screen. And again, people loved it. We kept adding more and more live stage until 1985 in the Living Waters Auditorium, I produced the first all live stage production mm. entitled Behold the Lamb. I remember that well. And we did that different than any other production on the life of Christ that I ever saw. Mm -hmm. We took it from his coming, his creation, right. or his birth, right. until and his second coming in Revelation. Right. The wonder of it all played well at, Le at the Bible College, but when we moved to Living Waters, things slowed down. Mm. So we had to add these elements. But Behold the Lamb was the one that really was the launching pad yeah. for Sight and Sound. Now, were you called Sight and Sound back in those days? Yes. You were, and how did you come up with Sight and Sound? Thank you for that question. I believe as leaders, our number one our, our number one goal in life is to seek first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and be led by the Holy Spirit. We were talking about mentors mm -hmm. a bit ago. My greatest mentor is Jesus Christ himself. Right. So the name Sight and Sound came from the lips of Jesus. In one day, he was speaking to the disciples, and they asked him, why do you speak in parables? Why do you speak in story form? And this is what he told them. In seeing sight, right. they don't see. In hearing sound, Interesting. they don't hear. Because, he said, their hearts have become hardened, and thus they don't believe. And I thought, that's exactly where we are today. Right, so I called right. it Sight and Sound, and that name was given to uh, this ministry when we went to the Bible College in 1974. Okay, that's how and, Sight and Sound actually, the terminology yes. came to be. And also, by putting the Bible on stage, that came from Jesus too. It, yeah. Because what he did in teaching in parables he staged his sermons. Right. He took a lamb, a pearl, right. Right. soil, sure. stones, whatever he could get his hands on, and he illustrated it. He staged it. Yeah. And thus, he said, it opened their eyes to believe. Mm. And they got it. And I said, if it worked for him, it'll work for me. <laughs> and it has worked. It has worked. Incredibly. It the has. power of sight and sound storytelling, yes. illustrating it, putting the Bible on stage. Powerful. You know, I can't believe it, but we're almost out of time. And I want to have you back. I want to hear more of the whole story and how it happened, what you've learned about leadership. And uh, for everyone listening today, just go to the show notes. Uh, you've got all the information there on Sight and Sound. You can connect with Sight and Sound, Glenn Shirley Eshman. And uh, also, Glenn, I, in the future, I want to talk more about the stories of the Savior, which you have you have written the book, and all that's going to be on the show notes. Anybody can get that. They can order that from Sight and Sound Ministries. Sight and Sound has been used powerfully all over the world. I mean, people from all over the world come to Sight and Sound, and we know that all of our nation and the nations. And uh, But just hearing these stories behind the story is intriguing. I mean, I've known you for all these years. I'm learning things I didn't know about you guys and how God led you. It's, it's just incredible. Great. So, so encouraging. But I'm going to have you back. We're going to continue the story. Uh, 
and look forward to hearing much more about Sight and Sound and how God is using it, is using it today. And thank you for being willing to be on the podcast. You're and, welcome. Oh, my, it's been so, so encouraging. I'm sure it's encouraging thank many you. people around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you're listening to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. So glad you joined us today. Again, check the show notes for lots of information about Sight and Sound. There'll be more Glenn and Shirley comment in the near future. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.